You are listening to the Don't Fret Club podcast. I'm Jess Hope and I've been a music journalist for over a decade. For the last four years, I've been chatting to musicians specifically about mental health. All of my conversations are documented on this very podcast. I've learned a lot and I've shared some incredibly insightful chats with some very wise people. You've landed on one of my earlier episodes from season one, so a big thanks for digging through the archives. As you can imagine, the quality of some of these early recordings is somewhat varied, but the conversations are all extremely honest, insightful and real. I aim to keep things as positive as possible here at Don't Fret Club, but of course, these are real conversations from real people and do contain some difficult conversations about mental health, including topics of anxiety, depression and addiction. If you or someone you know does need support for mental health, please speak to a professional. Lifeline Australia is 13 11 14 and a list of worldwide resources are also available at don'tfret.club. My name is Frank Carter. Thank you for talking to me today. I feel like uh, being in Melbourne is a good place to start, given that the last time we spoke we were like at Donington or something. Um, yeah, yeah. And the fact that music can literally take you around the world, how, how is that? It's incredible. It's, um, you know, I think it's one of the things, it's one of the key pulls when you're young. Is, um, you assume that you're going to be able to travel everywhere and it's going to yeah. be a beautiful thing and it is for the, for a lot of the time you know but there there are definitely like an an equal amount of hardships in doing that um but yeah this is my third time to australia and i've only ever been here for music so it's yeah. it feels good to be back i do um speak to a lot of people who kind of say it's not traveling the world because you kind of see inside of venues and stuff yeah. um so now that like kind of third time around here have you managed to see more <laughs> no i haven't in fact I've, i'm seeing less this time around i got really um we we had like an awful flight in which is just just par for the course yeah. unfortunately um and then the first day i was here i got sunstroke so i just was really sick yeah. the, that night and then um and then yesterday it was just you know, it rained all day and we were in a venue. So, yeah, touring is not touring is not travelling. Um, but, like, the graph that you put in in the early years, you, you meet so many people. Um, and it's more about kind of the relationships that you're forging, you know, the friendships that you make rather than the places you're going. And then as your band gets bigger and you have a bit more time and, a bit, and you can travel in comfort, um, that's when you are able to sort of say, OK, well, if we're going to go to the opposite side of the world we'll take a week off and we'll have a holiday while we're there um i'm unfortunately not doing that this time um but the rest of the boys are i've got i've got a family i've got to get back to so yeah. i'm excited to go home and how has that changed everything now you've got a little girl and you've got that family waiting for you it's really hard it's really really difficult um i hadn't i hadn't planned on this band when we got pregnant um in fact, this band didn't start until five days after my daughter was born. So she, she was born, and I said to my wife, "Like, look, I've been 
keeping this secret from you, but I really want to start a new band. Like, what do you think? And she was, it was her like confidence and her like support. She seemed so overwhelmingly happy yeah. and pro. Yes, you should do that. That um, I just kind of ran with it. But unfortunately, when I when I do run with things, they kind of get out of control sometimes. <laughs> um, it's a, I don't know. I've, I've just got an ability to like when I really want something to turn it, to make it into something that's yeah. tangible. And this became very tangible really quickly, um, more so than I think my wife ever thought it would and definitely more than I did. Um, and it's been really hard. It's been really, really tough. And it's been... I'm learning a lot about myself. I'm learning a lot about other people. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to just be um, a better human mm. being than I've ever been. Not but easy. it's really not easy. No, <laughs> I've, made, I've made a lot of mistakes... Um, I made a lot of mistakes this past year and I'm just trying to sort of make them right now, you know? It's funny that you say the past year, whereas if you look at kind of the band success on paper, it's been an amazingly successful year. Yeah. So then how do you kind of translate that when a lot of people who, fan-wise, who I guess know you to an extent, they feel like they know you, um, and their perception... Yeah, the problem is perception, isn't yeah. it? Because they know what I choose to let them know. Um, and so they know, you know, they know a few of the bad bits, but they know mostly just the the, the rise and the mm -hmm. rise of the rattlesnake, so to speak. Um, I, I, I'm weird because I, I, I'm super proud of my daughter. You know, I'm super proud of my wife and my family. And so, like, I let people in on social media probably a bit more than I should, but... But only to the good stuff, you know, like you don't really see me fighting with my wife up there yeah, or, yeah. Or, or my kid being a nightmare, you know. <laughs> but those things happen because this is real life. And um, I think more than anything, what's happened is I've become much more mindful of how um, my job and my life affects the people around me. You know, that's what the whole record's about, mm. the record we've just made. Um, it's all about human relationships and how complicated they are and how, like, you can <clears throat> bring two elements together and they can make something really beautiful or they can completely destroy each other and you're left with just some whittled-down version of the first element. And I'm still trying to understand that actually, you know, whatever elements you bring in can, can do both of those things, like, at different times. There's no, there's no like set science behind life it's yeah. just nature rules everything and it's kind of, it kind of can change with the with the environment and so i'm trying to just be really mindful of <clears throat> all my actions now which is something i've never really done before so are you quite are you one of those people that's quite aware that something won't last forever is that always in your mind or yeah it is but it's, it's also like um i mean it's a it's a it's dangerous when you when you embrace that too fully yeah. because suddenly like and that's how I've been most of my life because then you you just become quite um, scared of commitment and you become incredibly insecure of um, of well of, like locking yourself down you know and you you keep blaming on it well nothing lasts forever you know we all die all those all those like cliche old adages that mm. we kind of the, the the people with the wanderlust want to live by. And I get that to an extent, but what you're denying yourself is like a much deeper connection that only comes from time and patience and experience and weathering the storm. Like, 
you know, with with that other person, time and time and time again, you know. And I think the way society is now, it's all changing quite drastically. It's never been more narcissistic than it is at the moment. And um, you know, we're we're all taught that, like, I mean, obviously, I preach it as well. Like, that life is about going and getting exactly what you want. Even that's a dangerous way of living because you 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 can't have what you want at all times. You just can't. You're you're going to upset somebody. It's about choosing very carefully who you're upsetting, yeah. you know. And at the minute, like, it's it's okay for me because my little... I mean, I spoke to my little girl this morning mm-hmm. and she didn't even look at me. She was completely uninterested because cartoons were on. <laughs> and I was like, do you want to turn the cartoons off? And Sarah's like, you know what happens when I turn the cartoons off. I'm like, yeah, I know. Okay, uh, leave the cartoons on. You're having a bad day. <laughs> like, so, But it means that my, my daughter was just... She just didn't want to talk to me, you know, because also it's like I'm, I'm a TV screen to her. She's like not interested, you know. She says hi, and then she's like, enough now. I'm what well, I'm busy, Dad, you know. And she doesn't understand the effect that could have on me, you know. And that, if that catches me at a down moment, like it is fucking heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. And then I spend like two and a half, three hours of my day, like trying to come back from that, you know. And it's a two-year-old who doesn't know <laughs> anything. She doesn't give a shit. She doesn't. She doesn't mean to upset me. She loves me, yeah. you know. But she's busy. She's doing important <laughs> things, you know. She's got a. She's got a plastic cow that needs to be with the chickens, and you know, or a giant elephant. She's got a cuddle. She's tending to my dog who's just had an operation you know she's been nurse and farmer and you know she's cooking for everyone and so it's like yeah she's got a busy life um so I'm trying to be more mindful of that as well in in respect to like well you know she I gotta let these things affect me less yeah as well but it's difficult it's hard to you know imagine it's quite um interesting and insightful to watch kind of a little human that is developing these kind of it's fascinating it's um yeah it's unbelievable it's really really beautiful like never have i met anybody so full of wonder you know she just everything is incredible to her like everything you know she first time i i was just at madrid airport before we flew out here and i was in the same terminal that i flew home from when we were last on holiday together and i spent like 30 minutes sat in this chair staring at a travelator with the biggest smile on my face before we were going home. And that's my memory now of the two gigs <laughs> that I just played in Spain was that I was super happy to be at the airport because we'd, we'd flown home and my daughter was really, really young and she walked up to this travelator and she walked near it and it went on. And it fucking blew her mind, <laughs> blew her mind. And she was so scared of it and but really excited and she didn't know and then she walked off and it stopped. And she looked at me like, I get this. If I go on this, this is going to go. And I'm like, yeah, go do your thing. And, and then eventually she walked on it and it started and all hell, all hell broke loose. You know, she was like, get me off this fucking thing. And so I'm there like, you know, a year later just laughing and to myself about yeah. this fucking travelator that I watched my, my daughter on. So, yeah, I don't even know what the question was, but no. there we go. Yeah, it's wonderful yeah. seeing them grow up. And in all honesty, like, I'm trying to be... I'm trying to be more like that. Like, you know, it's you're too young to know the misery of the world. You know, you yeah. just all you know is unconditional love and and happiness and friendship and and you're learning about pain yeah. and you're learning about mean people and you le- you know, you're learning about everything and that's you we forget that that's 
what we're doing. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just the problem is like we develop at, you know, we actually develop at a speed a lot slower than kids. And but it's it feels much more complicated because of the weight that society puts on us. Man, if we, we could go back and just live like they do. I guess uh, where I was when I started the podcast and I found the music industry very um, that kind of place where you get really wrapped up in things and everything seems to matter and you're very you know and how have you through your career kind of just stepped away from that or did you ever care? By literally stepping away from it no I care very much I I, I used to be quite nihilistic and um, but I think well at least that's what people thought you know but actually the reality is like I'm massively insecure like I, I have been my whole life you know like I'm I'm a bit more confident now because I'm kind of owning who I am a, yeah. a bit more I, I have I don't know I've just, yeah, I've just taken on more ownership of myself and um and my actions but I I definitely like I'm a human being you know like I read I read stuff that strangers have written about me and it's fucking hurtful yeah. like it's pretty damaging stuff you know and how people can just be so blasé. And then I think about it and I'm like, well, I've made comments like that when I'm watching TV. And then I realise, well, fuck, these, you know, I'm, it all goes around in this circle. Yeah. But I feel you. The industry is a brutal place, but most industries are. Yeah. And um, you just got to... Um, the easy way to, to be hurt by it less is kind of... Um, not worry about it so much. And that's kind of what I'm doing now. Like, everything in this fucking thing is so time sensitive and and deadlines are the key and fucking everything needs to be done on this point or you miss your opportunity and and you know i'm sick of people telling me like well this is a really important opportunity for you mm. i'm like yeah i know i get it yeah i don't, I don't care <laughs> because i just because what's important to me is my health and i actually like that's the one thing that's been suffering the most is like with this band like excelling the way it has um it puts it's put a big strain on my family life and that has increased the level of stress that i've had in my life and that has completely terrorized my health and i've i've been a bit of a fucking wreck to be honest this past past year um you don't see it on stage because actually for the first time in my life i'm i'm truly embracing like who i am on stage and i get and i have like a confidence with that now that i never had before in that I feel like I've successfully made the transition from what people expected me from me at my shows mm. to what I'm um, happy to give them, you know? And, yeah. and whereas before, like, I would go and kind of do whatever was needed in order to make the show a bit of a spectacle, but um, always at the detriment of my own health. And it just fucking ruined me. <laughs> like, it literally, like, broke me multiple times. <clears throat> whereas now... I never used to understand how 
I would go and watch bands, right, all the time, and I'd see them perform, and I'd be bored out of my fucking mind, and there'd be people clapping and, like, lapping it up, and just, and I was just like, okay, so what am I missing here? Because there's, there's something crazy, because this show is super fucking boring, and, like, you know, I could do this, and, and then I was just like, well, why don't you do that? Why don't you just fucking sing your songs? Like, and it's because I never really... Like, I believed in the songs, but <clears throat> I couldn't, I could not comprehend that they were connecting the way that they were, you know? And that's on me. Like, yeah. and I feel bad about that now because I fought my whole way with Gallows, you know? And then I fought very differently in Pure Love, but the songs just weren't connecting the way we wanted them to with the greater number of people. This time around, like, I have the confidence, like, I, I have a much better control on like what I'm what I'm willing to lose, you know, what I'm willing to give to people. And the songs are connecting in a massive way and it's just felt like, okay, well, you've got a real opportunity now to transition into being the artist you've always wanted to be from the one that people have always expected you to be. And I just couldn't I couldn't live like that anymore. That's what happened with Gallows. I just couldn't it got to a point where like playing a show I could have I knew we could have a good or a bad show mm -hmm. but it would depend it was parallel to a sliding scale of like how much pain I was going to endure yeah. and like physical or mental you know I know it's, it sounds probably a bit dramatic it's no the shows always were yeah. like that and as much as like you don't want to compare it to that but it was on you to perform in certain ways and if you didn't leave the stage that night is there something wrong? Like, yeah, you exactly. know, which yeah. I imagine from your perspective was just crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, like, I always kind of, I flew the flag for, like, you know, there is no no us and them, you know. It, it's, um, everything was in the crowd. But I'm a small guy. Like, I'm 5'7", you know. Like, I'm, if I get in the crowd, a lot of people just can't fucking see me. And no matter how it feels to me to be in the pit and to the fucking 50 people that are directly around me, they're having the best gig of their life. Everyone else just can't fucking see anything. So they get the band. And while the band were good, you know, they, they weren't doing what I was doing. I didn't feel like that anyway. And so with this band, it's a bit different because Dean is like definitely, he fires on all cylinders kind of the same way I do. Gaz is super entertaining. And Tank is just like a fucking, you know, a man mountain that is like total fucking groove, you yeah. know? So when you see him, you just get transfixed into this vibe. He's like a giant cobra, you know? <laughs> and so, I th but more importantly, like, I felt like I needed to be able to just sing my songs. And I needed that to be good enough for me. I'm not talking about anybody else. It was always, the, you know, whatever people expected was, was magnified by my own insecurities. Yeah. So actually, like, all along, it probably would have been enough for me to just sing on stage, and people yeah. would have loved it. And it would have taken two gigs for people to be like, okay, there's been a change, but this is still great. This change took ten fucking years. <laughs> yeah. like, but we got there in the end, and now it's really important because I barely get in the crowd anymore. And actually, like, it's better for me because at, uh, there, there does come a time when the crowd shifts and suddenly you're not playing to 200 people, you're playing to... I think I could take 200 people. I think I'd stand a good chance of getting out of that building alive. Like, 5,000 people is very, very different. Like, you can get swamped by that in seconds and it just... And it's really terrifying. It's really, really scary. And so that's... That happened at the end of Gallows and I couldn't... For the life of me, remember why in Pure Love I'd, I'd kind of was so scared of it because 
because like, it just felt so easy in Pure Love. I was, yeah. in the, I was in amongst 50 people, 30 people. I was like, this is great, you know? And then Rattlesnake started like ramping up and I was like, it's getting harder to get back out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm in the pit and I can't actually get out. And then I'd have these flashbacks of like being knocked unconscious and being choked out in a pit. And, yeah. and I was like, fuck, yeah, that, that happens. Um, and, it, and it's no one's fault. It's, it's entirely what you... <clears throat> we get back what we... We're all mirrors, you know, so whatever you're projecting, you kind of get back. And yeah. I was projecting a lot of violence, a lot of aggression. And um, now I'm trying to project, like, good times, like, good vibes, you know, positivity and, and um, you know, and, and balance and also, like, respect. I think that's one yeah. thing that kind of yeah. is the yeah. first thing to go in punk rock is, like, a mutual respect, yeah. you know, like... We have we now have a song where that is the title for our new album, which is really important to me, which we just dedicate to girls because to stage dive and crowd surf because they've never yeah, I heard about this. yeah well it's really important to me because I don't think anybody I think that I I see a lot of girls at our shows and I always was concerned like why the fuck do these girls just not climb up here and stage dive you know they keep getting yeah. jumped on by ugly dudes. <laughs> And they just they just get battered all night long, and then they leave, and they're still they're singing every word like they're clearly dedicated fans. But and I never, to my mind, for me, I never thought. Oh, maybe they're intimidated. Maybe they don't feel safe. Maybe mm. it's a problem because I'm a guy, and it's not a problem for me. I don't feel intimidated. I feel safe when I stage dive. People touch me inappropriately every now and again, but they get a swift heel to the face. Yeah. You know what? And so then I started realising, like, I spoke to my wife about it, and she was like, well, no, I wouldn't fucking stage dive because it's fucking bullshit. Like, I end up getting groped, and it's fu it makes me feel like trash. Yeah. And so then I thought, well, fuck, I have a daughter. Like, that's... And more importantly, like, whether I had a daughter or not, I think I'd still feel the same. Like, it's yeah. just not okay. It's not... Punk rock, for me, was always about equality. You know, it's always about... Equality across the board, like, no matter your race, religion, your gender, your sexual preference, your age, like, no matter what you are, like, you're, you're, you come, we're all outcasts in that, in that place. We are all on, on the fringe <laughs> of society, and it's the only place that I ever felt accepted, truly. And so for now, for it to feel like there to be such a divide, um, I felt like I... I felt like I owed it to myself to, to use the platform for good and, and to try and start a change now that we can hopefully see in 10 years as being like really a really exciting time. Yeah. And actually, like, you know, I, <clears throat> I dedicate to girls and I say, look, this is your chance if you've never stage dived. And that's kind of the end of, of where I talk to the girls because they don't really need any more than that. Yeah. And then I start talking to the men. And that's like the important conversation that I can have because I am a man so I, I understand the male perspective mm -hmm. and too few we have a lot there are a lot of women now speaking out for women and there are no men speaking at men yeah. about women yeah. <laughs> like and it's that's the important part that I'm trying to change and I'm trying to change that by, by talking about it with my peers and saying look we have a platform where we can make it a safe environment for everybody and through that like everybody's going to have a better time your gigs are going to be 
fucking awesome and you're going to see a, a change in your fan base like I want more girls to love rock and roll like because it, some of my favourite rock and roll singers are women you yeah. know like Brodie Daly is incredible yeah. like she's fucking the epitome of rock and roll you yeah. know fucking Blondie is amazing yeah. you know PJ Harvey yeah. is incredible like all like Christina the Queens she's rock and roll yeah. like and I, I so for me it's important that like I had that moment when I was young, when I was at fucking System of a Down gig at, the, at London Astoria, and I was in the front row, and there was a stage invasion, and all of a sudden I was on the stage, and then all of a sudden I was diving off the stage, yeah. and it was like, it blew my mind, you know? Why the fuck can't that happen for everybody? Because it's really important. That yeah. probably is why I play music, because I remember talking about that gig for like six months, yeah. being like, this was the best thing ever. I actually wanted to be a bassist, but I can't play any <laughs> instruments, so... This is why you shouldn't let me speak. You just, I just start talking. interesting when you think back I imagine there were times when you were in gallows and when you were young and you know your head was a bit of a mess and you were on tour and now you're kind of the person that you are and you're spreading messages like that how does that like it feels good but I'm still very much that kid I'm still very very I'm still very messy in my head you know I mean I understand that I have a platform now and I understand that what I say people will listen to mm -hmm. for the most part. So I'm trying to change what I'm saying because too often or not I was speaking only about hatred mm -hmm. and violence and that's kind of all I was getting back and I was and it was fucking hurting. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like, Why is this so painful to be me? <laughs> like and it's like, Well, that's all you fucking dish out, bro. Like, yeah. you know, you need to change what you're speaking and hopefully that will come back to you. And it is. Um, but I'm still, <clears throat> I'm still very much learning about myself, you know, and I will forever. I will, I will yeah. all the time. I just, this is an important transition because I'm at a place now where I can, I really appreciate what I've got and I have an opportunity to make some really positive changes, hopefully. But it, yeah, so that's all I'm doing is like, I'm focusing on that and trying to, trying to focus on on just keeping my fucking myself together as well because it's not it's not easy a lot of the time like it's it you know th this is amazing like i'm in melbourne talking to you i played a sold out show last night it was awesome we're playing another one tonight but like the day we got here we'd flown fucking 24 hours or something we had a two-hour delay on our second flight so it turned a 12-hour flight into a 15-hour flight yeah. it was mental and we got in at like three in the morning and then the next day we went out and I got really sick and I was like yeah. sick all night long and then I had to play a gig yesterday and I was just like, and I was pa having this crazy panic attack like, and I just felt so much pressure from the world because like, you can't cancel this gig because mm. you've come all this fucking way and if you cancel this gig, these people are going to be disappointed and no matter how much they say like, they get it. They don't get it. Like, they, if they want a show, they want a fucking yeah. show, you know. Like, they'll accept defeat, but they won't be happy about it, you know. 
and then I just felt, well, that's never going to change. It's always going to be quite stressful. Every everywhere I go, there's going to be a gig to play, yeah. and you kind of just have to. You kind of just have to accept that sometimes you're going to get sick and sometimes you're going to have to cancel stuff. And I'm, and that's kind of where I'm at at the moment, where you're finding me. It's like I'm, this, I'm in this place where I'm trying to be kinder to myself. I'm trying to worry less about the stress of it all. Because it can... You talk to these people and it's like everything is the most important yeah. fucking thing you've ever done. And it's like... It's a fucking interview. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, there's... There will be, so, be loads more. <laughs> they never end. Like it's you know, or there's or it's a gig, and it's like, and that is the most. That's why we're all doing this. But even then, there will be more. Like there yeah. will always be more gigs. And if I have to miss one because I'm sick, or you know, like I, then I'll have to miss it. I'm afraid, you know. So I'm, I just, I'm just trying to like remember that like this is just music, and as important as it is to people. Mm-hmm. You know, and as much as, like, a few people have told me that I've saved their life, like, I'm not saving lives on a wide scale, you know? Like, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nurse, like, I'm not fucking trying to find a cure for anything. Um, I'm, you know, I'm... It's just music. Yeah. And it's supposed to be a good time. That's why I got into it when I was young, and that's hopefully, like, what I'll have from this until the day I die. for like their Don't Fret track, which is kind of the idea is that people will go in and find that song mm. after this podcast, yeah. um, be it one of your songs or yeah. another one that you put on, kind of whether you're getting pumped up or mm. you're kind of just having a bit of an escape. Is that one for you? Sam Cook, Change is going to come. Yeah. Um, we, like, it's our intro music now, and um, I don't know what it is about it, but when I hear that, when I hear it, like, from the first moment he starts singing, I just feel incredible peace. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where it's come from. I don't know why it's happened, but it, it just happened that we... we One day we were listening to like, this kind of, like, old sort of, um, you know, bluesy uh, playlist, and that Sam, there was a lot of Sam Cooke on there, and that song just felt perfect for me because there is you know there's been a big change coming for me and and um in all ways and for the boys like every everything's changing for all of us you know tank this is his first band you know like really and for him he just keeps kind of pinching himself like hang on um what how did this he was our roadie he was our fucking guitar tech (laughs) and now he's like playing on the stage and he loves it and you know dean's been doing this for a long time i've been doing this for a very long time and um you know gaz was he used to play in bands a lot when I was younger. I used to go and watch his bands play. Mm-hmm. And he's a drum teacher now in, like, okay. schools. And for him, he's, he's probably not going to be a drum teacher much longer, unfortunately. But Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but now he's in a position where he's he's doing what he's always wanted to do, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's our song, Sam Cooke. Thank you for talking to me. Lovers are dead The lovers are